Welcome to another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your guest host, our very own social media maven, Mackenzie Passiger. Hey guys, Mackenzie here from Explore Washington State. I'm your guest host again, and today Michael Weldon, a photographer from Tacoma, is here with me. Welcome, Michael. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So you're based in Tacoma. Yes, and are I you am. actually from Tacoma? Born and raised, yes. Born and raised. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so let's just jump right in. So you're a photographer that's actually pretty well known on social media because you do only shoot Tacoma. No, I don't only shoot Tacoma, but it's <laughs> it's probably like a vat like ninety percent of my photographs, I guess. <laughs> Maybe I haven't done a breakdown as to like what 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 percentages are, but, um, yeah, a lot of Tacoma I'm here. So I shoot it. Yeah. What's your, what's your favorite area of the city to shoot downtown or anywhere along the beaches, I guess. So yeah. Titlow, I like Titlow and the waterfront's nice. You got the mountain in the background there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I kind of all over. I'm trying to like, I grew up on like, what well, like kind of, I guess like the North end, so I like to get outside of that area when I can. And explore a little bit more. Yeah. Are you still in the North End or what part yes. of the town? Yeah. Okay. Well, so like a, you- yeah, I grew I grew up on Hilltop and I was like, I cut my teeth on like, I guess kind of like it's technically the South. It's like South of Sixth Avenue, but not really the South side. But um, yeah, no, I live on the North End. Okay. So you do a lot of night photography as well, exploring yeah. the city at the nighttime. How do you prepare to to shoot outside in the evening? Well, tripod. I bring my tripod. Uh, uh, the shutter remote. Always mm-hmm. need that. Um, and warm clothes because typically it's pretty cold, especially right. during the winter. Um, but I mean, like nighttime... I, I enjoy the night. I, I like night shooting. A lot of it just was like, that's when I could go shoot too. Cause I do have two young kids. So it was like, uh, it just kind of worked out when to, they're in bed, when they're in bed, go <laughs> and shoot. And I just, I'd like, I just like the aesthetic of nighttime, you know, photography. Yeah. It has, has a little bit more flavor to it. I Long think. exposure. You have like light trails and all that stuff. So yeah. And how yeah. long are you usually out shooting for in the evening? Uh, it really depends less and less now. Um, I have to have like a purpose or something in mind when I'm going out to shoot and Tacoma is a nice size city, but it's not a huge city. So Mm -hmm. it's like now trying to like capture different angles or just like different perspectives of the city is what I like shoot for. So I have to like really think about it because if I don't, I'm just kind of driving around. Looking for something looking to for something and trying to trying to like get motivated, I guess, or no, making noise. Um, get inspiration and try and uh, work that on the fly is a little mm-hmm. bit harder. Yeah. So I try to like think before I go out. At this point, have a purpose and like a shot in mind when I go out. So, how did you get started in photography? Actually, did you take a class in high school? Or? Uh, no. Um, it was like two things. Um, I played in a band years ago and, um, we had a couple friends and like, there were like 
live music photographers and they took really cool pictures. Um, there was this uh, girl named Randy who was at a lot of shows that we would play and shows that I would be at and she would uh, take pictures of the bands. So that really kind of sparked my interest. And there was a point where I was like trying to take cool pictures of like uh, our equipment and just like, you know, like artsy fartsy photos, but I didn't have a good camera and they, they turned it out terribly. I mean, it was like a point and shoot pretty much. Um, I had no concept of like uh, depth of field or focal range or anything like that, you know? Um, so it made me want to learn. And then eventually I lived on my own um, as I got older and the only options for art were like pictures of like Paris or New York or something from like Ikea at my budget. You know, um, I wasn't going to an art gallery to purchase $12,000 paintings or, you know, anything like that. Um, so I was like, you know, like it'd be cooler if I could do that myself and then it would actually mean something to me and I could put it up on our walls and, um, know the story behind the photo and know how I took it. And, um, yeah, it just seemed kind of a cheapskate. So it was like, uh, it seemed cheaper and had more of a purpose hanging on our wall than random Ikea art of places you may have never been. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So did you, did you take any classes then after the first interest sparked or are you just completely self-taught? Just, yeah, self-taught pretty much. Wow. And so yeah. how long have you been shooting for now? Uh, like seven years. Wow. So a while. Yeah. Going from point and shoot to, to what you're doing now. I mean, that's, that's incredible. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I mean, there, there was, there's a, a large area of like learning curve where it was like, oh, you know, yeah, I took a picture. Ooh, you know, there's like some depth of field there, but it was like, it took me a while. It t- like, I guess it was, it was I, I equate it to like learning how to play the guitar. Like there was a time where I started learning and I was like, okay, that's cool. Um, and then I didn't really have any resources. Um, I was like, yeah, I'm learning like chords and stuff, but I want to, you know, play awesome music like the bands I listened to and I wasn't there. Um, so it just kind of like took, I, I, I don't know what the spark was. I mean, maybe YouTube. <laughs> helped YouTube has uh, videos for everything oh yeah yeah I, re- I replaced my uh uh sump pump with uh, because of YouTube um but I there were there was this period where it just kind of clicked and I started like finding my groove like editing style etc and um uh what we would call in the music being in the pocket like where everything's like spot on and it sounds good looks good and it's there and then i kind of started just shooting more pretty much that was it just so what was what was the first camera that you bought to get more into serious photography i had a nikon d3200 okay and what are you using now uh nikon d750 Okay. So what's the difference between those two cameras actually? Because I don't know. I'm still at the point and shoot yeah. stage of my life. <laughs> uh-huh. um, I mean, the D3200 was a great camera. I took really good photos with it. Um, it's a crop censored camera. So that where the image is captured and the, um, the camera does its, you know, magic, it processes and, uh, for like forms the image um that area is smaller so there's less data coming in it's like it's really nerdy like camera science is actually like really nerdy it's awesome um, 
So essentially that sensor takes in data. Since it's smaller than my new camera's sensor, which is a full frame sensor, it can gather more data points. Mm-hmm. Um, I can get, I, I can get kind of nerdy about this because like, I also, like, I, I'm a, like, I do, I do drone photography as well, but mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a licensed drone pilot for my work as well. So like I do photogrammetry, which is basically like modeling, um, landscapes kind of by pictures. So this camera sensor, every time you take a picture, it's essentially, taking data points so mm-hmm. um I so are really... you measuring the the landscape then with the drone yes yes okay. so, so i like model 3d images of like like we just had a landslide on fairfax uh carbon force road or um carbon yeah carbon river road fairfax uh area um so i did a flight there where I had modeled the amount that was that washed away so that we could calculate the amount of material that we would need to fix that washed away road. Um, so essentially those sensors, when you take a picture, it's like a 24 megapixel camera. So each pixel, so that's 24 million data points basically. Um, so it's taking a point for every one of those pixels. And uh, so that's where the larger sensor comes in and you get more detail back. So let's say my third, my 3,200, I could take a picture. And as far as editing goes, I can, if it's, let's say it's underexposed, which means the camera, the, the photo is darker. Mm-hmm. I could boost the shadows and I could raise the exposure, but I'd probably get more noise where it looks kind of like grainy versus my camera now if it's a little bit underexposed there's still more data points that it captures that image where it makes it less grainy because it has more information there to you know expose the dark areas and we're getting way too dirty on the the camera side of things right now because i i'm not not an expert of it but i don't want to put people to sleep so no Uh, i think it's i think it's interesting i think it's something that our audience is also probably interested hearing about um you know there's a lot of people that are wanting to get into photography that, you know, maybe need a little bit of help with their cameras. But, um, well, I would say like entry level cameras for most people will do amazing work. You can get great images out of like the, I guess, entry level Sony's Canons and Nikon's. Right. Yeah. That's good. They're they're great. Yeah. 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 So when you're not out shooting photography or, you know, flying your drone to measure landslides, how do you, where do you like to hang out in Tacoma? Where's your go-to spot? Like for just like general leisure? General leisure, maybe with the kids, maybe without the kids. So, so there's like, there's like two ways of of my view of Tacoma. It's like pre-kids and then post-kids and then post-kids with a babysitter. Um, uh, so let's there's take the level to it. Yeah. Yes. There, there, there's, there's definitely levels to it. So pre kids, Hanks, Hanks. I, yeah, yeah. Hanks, um, or the corner bar, uh, would be a place that I would hang out on, uh, you know, a weekend, um, occasionally going out for, you know, just 
hanging out at Titlow. I will always enjoy Titlow. It's just a, a nice beach spot. Yes. I And now with kids, I enjoy taking my kids to Titlow. Um, pretty much any beach. It's like easy entertainment for yeah. them. And I can find a stick and pretend I'm like Babe Ruth and hit rocks into the water. And um, that entertains me um, while they get dirty and don't listen to me as they run into the water in November when it's cold, but they want to swim. And I'm just like, yeah, go for it, dude. Send it full send. Um, Run on in there. Yeah. And uh, post kids date night anywhere. That's like, you know, kind of like McConey's was like my, you know, favorite, like kind of chill, go out, solid food, Mm -hmm. drinks and go home, but it's closed now. Yeah. Sadly. Yeah. Um, trying to explore new restaurants, but we don't do it enough. It's, it's few, few and far between at this point, but, um, I'm also like a curmudgeon about it. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, I spent $80. We went out and had dinner and I, and I get annoyed about it. I'm like, huh. Just go to SMM and SMM and get the King Mike's Deluxe. Can't get yeah. that out properly. Uh, MSM, MSM, yes, yes. Uh, Mike's Deluxe. Yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw your uh, propaganda in the My propaganda. I'll never forget the first time I had that. I was probably about thirteen years old, and my dad ordered it, and this just giant sandwich came, and I was oh, like. Yeah. Oh, what is this? And so he let me have a bite of it. Mm-hmm. And a bite, that's it. A bite, that's, yeah. That's all he was willing to share. That's all he was willing to share because Thanks, that Dad. is hands down my favorite sandwich in the entire world. I'm a deli club guy. A deli club. And what do you get? Or what's well, on the deli club? Uh, essentially the same thing. I've never been big on sprouts and then I add jalapenos. So I'd have to like, I'd have to like look it up to break down the differences, but there's bacon on the deli club. Um, Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's, it's, it's a good combo. A close runner up, (laughs) but I, I, I think we're jumping ahead to the sandwich section, but we're on it now. We're on it. We're here. Let's talk about sandwiches in Tacoma. Like, Okay. Like MSM is the go-to spot for sandwiches in Tacoma. Yes. Very underrated, I think. Uh, well, I mean, like. Well, if you're driving through the city and you're not. You have no idea. Tacoma, you, you would have, have no, idea. no idea. It's no this clue. rinky-dink looking place on the outside. Yes. yes. You would never stop to think, oh, I should go in there. They're not no. really on social media, as no, far as I no. know. No. It's an insider secret that we're now sharing with the state. <laughs> yes. And yeah. they get their bread from Fred Meyer. Cause I always see the dudes. Well, I went to school with um, one of the sons that has worked there. He doesn't work there all the time, he, um, mm-hmm. but he went to Wilson. Um, but I'll see the main dude that works there all the time at Fred Meyer getting bread. And I've always been like, man, their bread's so good. Uh, I <laughs> thought, you know, you know now I know. Now I know the bread secret. You get it fresh, like they make it specifically, and it's good. But um, yeah, I guess yeah, it's it's unsuspecting, and you would yeah. never never think that. But it's like it is a Tacoma like staple. Anybody from here knows. Like if I want a good sandwich, go there. But I do have to plug a couple other sandwich places. I'm here for area. it. Okay. 
right, so when, did, when, when, when did you guys leave to come so we left when did we leave 2000 i left 2011 and then my dad left i want to say 2016 2017 yeah but i should i just listened to it work yeah just listened to the podcast today and I should know the date, but Peterson Brothers 1111. Okay. Where's that at? It's on Hilltop. It's, it, on Hilltop. It, it's right by like Hilltop Pond. Oh, like, okay. Right, yeah. right next door. Like everyone knows Hilltop Pond. Um, and what do you usually get there? Um, I, I, I always have to look it up because I don't know. It's the, um, it's coming. It's coming. It is the Brutus. Oh. The Brutus. The Brutus. Okay. What's on it? Pepperoni, salami, ham, cheddar, Swiss, grilled on a French roll, uh, topped with tomatoes and a Caesar dressing. A Caesar dressing. Uh, a Caesar dressing. Yes. You can't go wrong with that. It's it, oh, like, yeah, for a hot sandwich. Yeah. Whew. It's good. It's good. It, and that's another part of town that I think most people that are going to Tacoma are probably not going to drive through. Well, most people that aren't from Tacoma are going to avoid Hilltop like the plague because of the 90s. And they, they like it. it I just look something. Well, we're going to get off topic. But yeah. But yes, it's um, it's on Hilltop. I grew up like right down the street from it. And it wasn't there when I was a kid though. Let's be real. It's, it's newer. Gentrification it's newer. has been happening in the area and um, for better or worse. Um, it's a damn good sandwich though, but it's like, it's like kind of like a punk rock bar on Hilltop and okay. um, the sandwich is on point. And I think uh, they actually do sandwiches and food at seven seas. I might be wrong. I think they're they're um Valley uh, used to be Red's Valley uh, something. They, yeah. Yeah, they took that over as well and there is solid food down there too. Okay. Um yeah, it's really good food. Um another is melon seed. I have to plug melon seed. Melon seed. Melon seed. Where's that o- at? It's in Oakland Park, like okay. um off Center Street. Yeah. They ha- they make salads, like incredible salads. Like salads that make you want to eat a salad? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like they have this like like angry tuna salad that's like, uh, okay. yeah. Like with, yeah. with fresh tuna. Oh, yeah. With like jalapenos oh, yeah. and just like all this stuff. Uh, See, uh, I love I love hearing about all of the new or newer places coming to Tacoma because – I feel like for so long, everyone in the rest of the state has just kind of looked down on Tacoma, especially from the Seattle area. People go, mm-hmm. oh, no, Tacoma, like, oh, it stinks, the Tacoma aroma. It's it stinks and isn't Tacoma ghetto? Like, I just Googled yes. something in the, in like the third, like, you know how Google pops up, like, suggested searches. Yes. Yeah. And like, number two on there was like, is Tacoma ghetto? And oh, like, that's sad. Or, or is Tacoma a ghetto? Like oh, I get those specifically. I'm like you, get, like people. There's I, so much cool stuff coming out of Tacoma, and pers- you know, I'm way biased, and I love Tacoma. And I think the 
I, I am biased too. I, I love people Tacoma. Come from Tacoma so. <laughs> I just, I remember because I went to high school in Tacoma, I went to stadium and we lived right down the street from it. So we were pretty, you know, central to downtown. I could walk everywhere. And mm-hmm. I remember as a teenager, just, I loved walking downtown and seeing like all of the rogue art that was going up, you know, oh yeah, people would paint these beautiful posters and just hang them up wherever. Mm-hmm. And down by the steps uh, near the the glass museum, I remember one time they had all of these wooden letters just painted and people were going and making words. And it was just like this, I don't know, guerrilla art type stuff or art <laughs> installations that I haven't seen in other cities that I've lived in. Well, Tacoma is a really artsy city. Yeah. And I think that it has so much to offer or, you know, you go down to the waterfront and there's so much to explore there in the woods. Mm -hmm. And I loved, I loved going to high school in Tacoma and just, you know, exploring constantly what was going on. I think, I think maybe part of the misconception is because of like the early nineties, late eighties, there was a lot of like we were like one of the highest, like uh, violent crime cities in the country. But at the same time, it's still always been like a real artsy city. There's a lot of artists and just like creative minds that are from Tacoma. Yeah. A lot of like hardworking, like people that are from Tacoma that like, um, like, I don't know if, if you ever met someone in a different city, let's say, and you guys were both from Tacoma, there would be love, you know, it'd be like, oh, like no doubt about it. Like you could have never like crossed paths in your life. But if you're like, oh, you're from like, it would be just be like, yes, it, it's an acceptance. I feel like it's kind of like a badge of honor, not because of it's like something tragic to get over like some people have. But it's like you have that connect. You're connected by a bond of a love for a city. That's just like it's 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 pretty diverse. There's all different walks of life. There's uh, different like, you know. There's there, so there, much going on. Yeah, there's a lot going on oh, constantly. And yeah. ma- maybe part of the reason that there was such a big art community was because of the, uh, at one time, the cost of living difference and like art, maybe struggling artists could afford to be down here at a point. But I mean, that's not going to be the case now um, because it is expensive. Um, yeah, the prices af- have definitely gone up. Oh, oh yeah. It, like I just read an article the other day about um, Tacoma's out of like 170 something cities, Tacoma's in like the top 15 as uh, like worst rental cities in the country. Because um, it, it's ridiculous. Like rental uh, prices are pretty They're going crazy. Up. Yes. Um, but I, but before we get too deep into this, we're getting off sandwich topic. We're getting off the sandwich topic. We're I, around. <laughs> I have got to plug a couple sandwich places. I'm here for it. Be, I hope be, everyone be, at home is taking notes about where I, to go and eat in Tacoma. I, I really hope so because if if I had an option just to eat like one type of food for the rest of my life, it would be sandwiches because there's so many variations that you can Sandwiches, tacos for sure. Oh, tacos, yeah, yeah, tacos. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it's it's a spicy sandwich <laughs> <laughs> that's wrapped. Like, I'm down it's for that too. The same thing. If well, you I worked at Taco Del Mar for like five years. I worked at Taco Del Mar forever, so I'm a fan of burritos and tacos. 
any kind well. of carbs surrounding meat, <laughs> meat and, and vegetables. <laughs> okay, so I didn't give enough credit to melon seed, but they have like slider sandwiches kind of, but you'll you get like a couple of them with your order on a, like a nice like buttery bun. They have like ridiculous amounts of sandwich options and like every like a Cuban, an Italian roast beef, chicken, pulled pork, Caesar chicken sliders, just a bunch Caesar of Caesar chicken sliders sound good. I feel and like that's a place you could go with your kids too. Oh yeah, you for could sure. Go for maybe date night, or you could take your kids during the day. Like I would say, definitely, while. definitely family friendly. It's okay. like date night, maybe not. Maybe quick eat while you're out and about for like because the ambiance is not like a casual know. date night. Maybe you know. Maybe yeah. See, I, yeah, maybe I would still say maybe not like setting it up for, for you've been dating for a little while so it's not like if you ask a girl to go to lunch it's gonna be like oh we're friends um so it's like we need to stop somewhere during the day perfect gotcha. because there's like five seats in there it's not big oh it's, it's a small okay yes it's a it's a small place but on top of all the delicious salads and sandwiches they have phenomenal frozen yogurt it's delicious I love some frozen yogurt it's well, it's like like, and I'm not a fruity like ice cream or froyo person, but they're it's like fruity and delicious. Um, do they make it in house? Uh yeah, yeah, they do. Ooh. It's it's really really good. So melon seed sandwiches on point, kind of un, unsuspected, but it's in Oakland. Another one is stink meats and cheese. <laughs> yes, I don't know how inviting that name is. Okay, so it's, we're it's not. That. It's da- it's down on like uh, St. Helens, across from the uh, the or the uh, like PSP and the Mix. Okay, uh, yeah. I'm sure all their other sandwiches are good, but like my life was changed by their. Um, it's like it's a peanut butter and jelly. The stinker is what they call it, and it changed your life. Yeah, it did. It re- it really really did. Is there it's bacon peanut- on it? Yeah, there is. Uh, <laughs> It sounds it sounds it sounds like weird. It's peanut butter, blackberry jam or preserves, bacon and blue cheese. I feel like the balance of the sweet and savory that, you know, what kind of bread is it on though? I think like a like a honey multigrain. Yeah, it's on multigrain. Yeah. Isn't uh, that that's what Elvis was famous for eating, wasn't it? I mean, other than his singing. His peanut butter uh, jelly and bacon sandwiches that he was. Obsessed I thought it was banana with. peanut butter and uh, grilled bacon. It was bacon, yeah. But I love it. I mean, I've tried it. I think it's good. But the addition of blue cheese, blue cheese I, with the wrap. Ra- oh, oh. So everyone needs to go to Tacoma and just get sandwich sandwiches. It sandwich it out, guys. And uh, one last one, last one. This is real quick. It's not Tacoma, but it's across the bridge in Gig Harbor. There is a gas station. It's a Shell gas station off of, I don't even know. There's not many gas stations in Gig Harbor. But they have super fresh sandwiches. If you're like, oh, I need to go get Subway. Don't get Subway. Go to this gas station in uh, Gig Harbor. You can get like a huge foot-long sandwich for like seven bucks. And they're delicious. Um, Yeah, Shell. But but those are my sandwich spots. Those are your sandwich spots. Yes. That one is not Tacoma. but That one uh, is We'll take it. Gig Harbor is close enough. When you're going somewhere cool to explore Washington State exactly. on the Olympic Peninsula, stop on the way. Yes. Stop on the way. 
yeah. <laughs> Mike, the spokesman for sandwiches. Yes. Uh, so I want to switch gears. Um, monkey shines. Oh, I want one. Let's talk about the monkey shines in Tacoma. Mm-hmm. Because when I was living there, I knew nothing about them. I had Did never you find heard one? You never found them? I never found one. I didn't know that they existed. And then a few years ago on Facebook, I saw everyone, you know, back in Tacoma talking about monkey shines. Yeah. So why don't you tell us about monkey shines a little bit? What do you know about them? <laughs> I'm, I'm not the spokesperson for monkey shines. <laughs> no, but. No, I see them posted on social media that I don't know who makes them. I don't I, know who is behind the monkey shines. It's a They're like little picture. round glass, like, like picture, <laughs> picture old school letters that get like stamped with that ink sign, you know, like uh, ye old night days when they like seal a letter with like that wax, oh, the wax, the, the wax, wax little stamp. thing, yeah. but made of glass. So it's like a round glass. And there's different sizes too. different sizes, different like designs on them. Yeah. I, I I'm really not the expert on the monkey shines. I just know I want to find one because I feel like find one. Yeah. yeah, And I get jealous. I see like some of my friends find them. They're like, Oh, I found one. I'm like, Oh, am I a resident of Tacoma? If I don't have one. I read Uh, on the the quote unquote official monkey shine website that I think, correct me if I'm wrong or um, I I can't. You can't. (laughs) As far as I understand it, the monkey shines are created by like a group of people. There's probably one person in charge who I think it's a woman. Okay. And they were also saying that when you see someone going out and placing the monkey shines across the city, because they're everywhere. I mean, they could be down on the beach. They could be in the middle of the woods. They could be in the park, wherever that you're just supposed to like walk by and completely ignore them. You're only supposed Mm -hmm. to take one if you find it. Yeah. But when do they, when do they put them out? Isn't that around new year's? New year's. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we got to find out more about these monkey shines. Yeah, we do. I did that. That's it. But it is a Tacoma gym because I don't believe that's anywhere else. And they're cool. They're really cool looking. It's like blown glass. They're absolutely beautiful. And they look really, really cool. And I will find one. I think it's just a great encapsulation of Tacoma. Rogue art somewhere. You got to find it. And it brings the community together. And everyone gets super excited about it every year. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's fun. I have yet to find one. But it is always on my mind. Like, that's like, I take my kids to like every park, you know, and I'm always you know, I mean, we have painted rocks. Everybody has painted rocks. I'm not after the painted rocks. My kids are, I'm after that monkey shine, but they're like, they, they, they hide them well in obscure areas. I feel like they're kind of like hidden in plain view though. So it's like, um, which makes it even more difficult to find one. Yeah. Well, exactly. Exactly. Cause you're not looking for it. It's not like a hidden area. It's just there. But, um, Yeah. People just look over it. So, I mean, we've talked about art and photography and sandwiches, but Mm. what is your favorite thing about Tacoma? I mean, you're biased, you're from there, you grew up there, but if you had to choose one thing about Tacoma, what would be your favorite thing, part, event, anything from the city? 
I don't think there's necessarily an event. I think it's I think it's just the the attitude of people from Tacoma. Um we're unified by Tacoma, like like I was saying earlier. It's like if you're out and you meet someone in like we're in Kentucky or something, you're like, Oh, I'm from Tacoma. Or even if they know of Tacoma, it's like, Yeah, you know, like it's it's cool. You, it, like um so the bond that it brings the bond i I feel like it brings a bond it's it's a very diverse community and um i think the community comes together really well like it, it in light of the times like um there's been protests all over um seattle our neighbors to the north have had you know they had chop and you know they got a lot of negative feedback during the protests surrounding black lives matter down in Tacoma, everything was very peaceful. Everybody got together and supported and lifted the community up and delivered a message that everybody was on board for. I can't speak for everybody in Tacoma, obviously, because that's not how everybody feels, but it's just like, it's, it's a different feel uh, being a part of that. And we, everyone here takes pride in where they're from. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of the biggest thing. Whereas other places, I'm not going to name any place specifically. (laughs) Um, You get a lot of transplants. There's not a lot. There's there's a lot here, but. um, uh, Significantly less, I think. than Significantly less, yes. Than other larger cities. Yeah. And even people that move here, they kind of adapt that uh, sense of pride for for Tacoma. Right. Um, yeah, I kind of I kind of feel like that that's my favorite part of the, the, the feeling city. of community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're not exploring Tacoma, where where do you tend to go, whether for photography or for hiking or do you I go, go to Mount Rainier. Yeah, I was just uh, drove through Mount Rainier and did a hike there last weekend. Um, I go all over. I grew. I grew up. My parents took us everywhere, like mm-hmm. everywhere throughout the state. Everywhere. My dad was from Detroit. My mom was from California. So we'd go to California. We did a road trip in our van again. Um, when I was in first grade, going dro- drove all the way to Detroit, down to Texas back up around so like i've always had that like desire uh, to see stuff just that's that's what we did we went and did things you know we never really sat around or like during the summer i went camping with my family three times in the summer i was a cub scout and a boy scout and i went camping for that multiple times throughout the year so there's a lot of places that i've been and that's just like what we did now being married and having a wife and kids, it's like I keep that going. My wife is always on board to go places. Um, she didn't go as many places as I did growing mm-hmm. up. Um, I might be annoying about like wanting to take all these long road trips, but uh, yeah, she's you take totally... your boys camping. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Where's mm-hmm. your Where's your kind of go to spot for camping with kids? Uh, with i mean it it kind of changes like we we would go to schaefer park uh, or yeah schaefer park um outside of like montesano a lot we've gone we've gone to different places that was like my wife's go-to place with her like uh her family 
So we've been there a handful of times. Um, I like staircase a lot. Good, good trails, super cold water to jump into. Um, refreshing. Oh, it's super refreshing. Uh, it's good to, you know, that it's, it's healthy for you apparently to take cold showers and jump. <laughs> so the Vikings did, I think. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, staircase is one of my favorite places. Um, although it gets super busy there, like leading up to the campground now. So, um, that's kind of problematic in my opinion, because it's just like unsafe and because cars park, it's like a barely a two lane dirt road. Oh, people are parking along the side um, on the road. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the campground itself is really cool. Um, and it's just a beautiful area. My favorite campground of all time was Fairholm uh on crescent lake i like i really don't want to talk about it you know, <laughs> you know? like it, it, so, social media has pretty much ruined that uh because a lot of people geotag and you know i geotag like general areas um or like i mean if it's a well-known area like i'm at mount rainier you can't not geotag it or no, you just yeah. leave it and people know yeah what it's it like, is it, Un, undisclosed location Mount Rainier in the background um, <laughs> yes. doesn't doesn't work too well no. uh, but like um, yeah it's just like the Pacific Northwest is growing there's a lot more people there's um, everybody's going out everybody wants to get out and uh, check these places out and that's the blessing and the curse of social media it's, yes. uh, it's kind of ruined some spots because a lot of people don't care about these spots they're kind of reckless in the way that they recreate um leaving trash um just not being destroying the trails destroying trails um yeah and yeah anyway thinking too much behind it you know Mm-hmm. Now, because we have so many followers and so large of a reach, I'm very hesitant to share the locations because I do notice that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I do see a lot of pictures that people tag us in or that are shared with us where they are like deliberately going past the you no know, trespassing signs or they're leaving trash on the trail or they're mm-hmm. camping in places they're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, this may be a beautiful photo, but if we share it, it might other people that aren't well versed might not know that they're not allowed to do those things. Dead Man's Cove is a prime example of that. There's signs posted that this is at uh, Cape Disappointment down yeah. outside of Long Beach. It's that little tiny island in a cove. Yeah, and people with the tree. like yeah, and yeah, with the one tree and there's signs tape things posted everywhere do not walk down here you know no you know like it's everyone does everyone does and it's like i granted i was there i when was i there uh maybe a year ago last summer or something and yeah i want that picture if i were well and technically i can't fly my drone in state parks uh but i could have flown down i guess and gotten a picture there but it's like i don't i even if I took that picture, I wouldn't sh- share it. And again, I'm too much of a like rule follower. Uh, my wife always gets, <laughs> gets, gets on me about that. Like I follow the rules. Right. Um, 
even if no one's there to be like, you know, I'm going to give you a ticket or arrest you, but it's, but that's the point. If you're getting out and exploring, you know, Washington state or any other state, there are rules and you do kind of have to self monitor yourself. Yes. You know, it's like what always gets me is the tree of life. Yeah. You know, that big giant tree that's somehow on the way to Ruby. Ruby Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. People are jumping and hopping onto this tree and I just, you know, it's not going to be the one person that brings the tree down or destroys it. It's going to be the accumulation of people over the years doing the same thing because they see one person doing it. Mm -hmm. And that's hard. I'm happy I haven't seen seen that picture yet because I'll get kind of annoyed about that. There's a few of them floating around. Uh, Um, uh. But it is the the social responsibility, you know, to follow the leave no trace guidelines Mm -hmm. respect mother nature um yeah yeah but i mean so i as far as camping sites go going back to that seems like i'm I'm sorry i'm pretty bad at getting off topic no Uh, i think that's a good reminder for the audience that you know if they're listening and they're going to these places these campgrounds respect the land respect the land don't park on the side of the road you know yeah. Adequate parking somewhere around, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I would say we don't really have a go-to campsite. We like to explore a lot of things. I kind of fall under the, uh, like, when I was growing up, like I said, my family went camping all the time. We never went to the east side, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been camping at, like, Banks Lake. It's awesome. Um, I don't like spiders or snakes. And uh you'll find a nice. lot of those on the east side. Oh man, I I went to visit my friend in Connell when I was in like sixth grade, maybe seventh grade. We went cliff jumping somewhere. I have no idea where it was, but I just remember I will never ever forget walking back up or climbing back up this cliff. The amount of spiders on the side of that cliff was insane and these guys are all from out there and they're like there was white giant spiders white like you're you're outside no no that would be and they're like these dudes are like kicking them down and they're like barreling down past me oh i only jumped once because like honestly that was fun jumping off that cliff but the spiders going back up ruined it I'm like, why are they even there, though? I guess they must catch a lot of flies. It's like, I get it, probably because it's like, I, I see, like, once I get to Moses Lake, my windshield is like trashed with, uh, oh, know, yeah, flies and stuff. So, there's, I'm sure there's plenty of food out there for them, but, but that's one of the reasons we don't go that way to camp, even though I just camped like just past Natchez and I got a gnarly spider bite on my leg. Um, uh, yeah, so weird. Uh, not about but, that. Uh, no, no, I'm not a fan. Uh, although my basement does get pretty big, big spiders. But um, I'm down to go camping wherever. My One of my favorite spots is Cape Disappointment down by Dead Man's Cove because it's beach. I love the beach. I've always loved going to the beach. And as a kid, they have like three huge like rocks in between a couple of the loop trails, mm-hmm. or the loop campsites that I would climb. It was just a lot of fun um, and riding your bikes. Like, I, I guess it's kind of like, a, I think back to like the joy I had there as a kid 
Um, and I just love the ocean and camping by the ocean. I um, think it's impossible to be from the, the West side of Washington and not just love being near the water. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think it's just a part of who you are at some point. And when you're not mm-hmm. around the water, you miss the water. Yeah. It's weird being in like a landlocked state. I could never imagine. No. I mean, even Wenatchee, I mean, they have the river going through, but it's, if not, you're, the it's not the same. No, because you still no. look at, I mean, it's beautiful in Wenatchee, cool. but when you look out, yeah. it's desert mountains and the, Oh, the river. <laughs> and yeah. then you go back to Tacoma and then you go down, you know, to the yeah, water sound. Yes. The sound and it's just uh-huh. this automatic calming feeling, at least for mm-hmm. me. I was, I, I just watched something where they were talking about like this could, this could, you know, work for Wenatchee because it's, it's like running, like rushing water or whatever, like release, mm-hmm. releases like maybe negative ions or something that, uh, your body, it like helps calm your body. I've so, heard about that. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I think that's part of it. I like, I like Wenatchee a lot, actually. I, I've been to a couple conferences out there for work and, uh, um, no, it's it's definitely a cool city. Um, Scott, the owner, also my dad, moved yes. out to Wenatchee a few years ago. And uh-huh. at first I was just like, why Wenatchee? Like, if you're going to go east, go to, I don't know, Spokane. I don't know. I'd probably pick Wenatchee over Spokane, personally. I think I would pick Spokane. But Wenatchee has some pretty cool stuff going on. Like the Piper uh-huh. Market, it's small. It's not the size of Pike Place, you know, but... Yeah, definitely not. They're really cool. Yeah. I'm also a big fan of what Cured in Leavenworth. I haven't Uh, been there. (laughs) It's it's just like a a a butcher shop. Yeah. But they have really good pickles. Oh, I love a good pickle. And and great smoked meats. So Wenatchee is 25 minutes from there. It's really close, yeah. Yeah, Maybe 30 minutes. It's it's close. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, I, I, I think about pickles and I'm like, well, I mean, if, you live if I was going to pick a place to live, by. yeah, pickles are close by. Although I do make my own pickles. So there you um, go. That'll probably be, you know, a moot point. But um, you can open your own sandwich shop in, in Tacoma then at some point. We'll be talking yeah. in five years. <laughs> yeah, I have, yeah. Oh, I have Michael. And now place. your favorite sandwich place is my place. Yeah. My place. I used to work at a bagel shop, so I it was I made bagel sandwiches. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right, Michael, thank you so much for being on today. It was so much fun talking to you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right, bye. Bye. Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.